Tony Stark. Visionary, genius, American patriot. Even from an early age, the son of legendary weapons developer Howard Stark quickly stole the spotlight with his brilliant and unique mind. At age four, he built his first circuit board. At age six, his first engine. And at 17, he graduated summa cum laude from MIT. Then, the passing of a titan. Howard Stark's lifelong friend and ally, Obadiah Stane, steps in to help fill the gap left by the legendary founder. Until at age 21, the prodigal son returns and is anointed the new CEO of Stark Industries. With the keys to the kingdom, Tony ushers in a new era for his father's legacy, creating smarter weapons, advanced robotics, satellite targeting. Today, Tony Stark has changed the face of the weapons industry by ensuring freedom and protecting America and her interests around the globe. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. This is episode 100, no, 217. And tonight we're talking about... Uh, we're talking about Iron Man. I know that I said last week we were going to do, I think, Wanted, and then and then I said on Facebook that we were going to do Mission Impossible, but those things didn't happen, and that's fine, so we're going to do Iron Man, which also isn't streaming anymore, which was frustrating, because <laughs> last week it friggin' was, but... <laughs> <laughs> what are you, you going to do? So we're going to talk about Iron Man, uh, and we're going to kind of celebrate 10 years of the MCU, which is kind of awesome. Um, and 10 years that Marvel's been kicking DC's ass as far as movies go, as uh, far as theatrical live-action movies. DC kind of kicks Marvel's ass when it comes to cartoons and TV shows and things like that, but that's fine. Uh, so I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew Rides in the Fun V Jemison. Uh, hey guys. <laughs> hey buddy. Uh, Corny needs a cheeseburger, Logan. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sam. Oh, hi, Mark. Vector. Oh, wait. <laughs> you know, Sean, if I were to design a weapon system to kill you, I would make sure that it would be slow and painful and use lots of poison darts. Cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, uh, that sounds fantastic. So let's pull up a comfy chair and dive into 2008's Iron Man. Um, so I know we've all seen this movie probably at least a couple times, two or three times, probably like seven or eight for me, legit. Um, it's probably been about a year since I've seen it. I don't know if 
because this is this was one of my favorite movies in the MCU, and I think it made my top ten list of all time favorite movies. So for mm-hmm. me, I've seen it recently, within like the last year. So I'll be interested to see what you guys think. Uh, if you've seen it recently or not, does it hold up after ten years? Is it still the kind of crowning jewel of the MCU, or or has other movies? Just outright supplanted it as as being a, a fine film. I'm I, I can't wait to talk about this one. I'm really excited about this one because it's a it's actually a, a fun one. Um, but with all that being said, just in case you don't know what the MCU is, and uh, and uh, and aren't sure what Iron Man is, you're thinking, gosh, Iron Man is that is that the is that the guy that's Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Like, no, no, that's the man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> um, which I actually had a coworker make that mistake. Um, they were like, I went and, I went and, I, I went and streamed your Iron Man movie and it had Leonardo DiCaprio in it. I'm like, no, it's Robert Downey Jr. He goes, it was really weird. It was like medieval times. Maybe like it was a prequel. I'm like, I think you watched Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not what it is. So in case you're that guy, you're, you're confused. Andrew here is, is here to tell you what Iron Man is. After being held captive in an Afghan cave, billionaire engineer Tony Stark creates a unique weaponized suit of armor to fight evil. Okay. It actually says fight evil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> like how you're not sure. <laughs> no, it, that's what it says. I just, I don't like it, but. No, I mean, it, I, I think he built it to get out and then decided yeah. to be good. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. He, he he fought evil on the way out the door. I'm good with that. That's what I do when I go to the bathroom every day. He <laughs> fighting evil on the way out the door. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Uh, so, Andrew, let me know. When was the last time you saw it? Does it still hold up? What do you think, man? Well, today was the last time I saw it. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. A few hours ago. And uh, I have, like you, seen it many times because it is one of my favorite MCU movies. And... Really, you know, it's one of those beginning, beginning of uh, a story, so to speak, for many of us. And that first, if you really think about it, that first movie in any series, it for some reason has a special place, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Tim Burton's Batman. I mean, even though it's there's been many Batman movies since then, that one's still, in my mind anyway, really, really good. Right. Uh, the Harry Potter series, the uh, Chamber of Secrets, that, that's great. I think. Although well. you know what, I think you just you, you spoiled it for me. I'm not a big Harry Potter first movie fan. Oh. In fact, it turned me off until it wasn't until the third movie that I was like, okay, maybe this thing is going to work. <laughs> I'm the same way with you, Sam. It wasn't until the third one I was like, okay, fine. I'll watch it. Well, okay, well, that one aside. <laughs> but but in fairness, Andrew, to your to your very Titanic. specific to your very specific point though it's is better like, than the second one. Yeah. <laughs> is that I watched Harry Potter 3 first. It was my first viewing and that, you know what I'm saying, like so 3 I have a special place in my heart. It just wasn't just, wasn't the first one, it was just the first one I saw. So, I think your your point still holds up to me anyway. Yeah, okay, I can I can buy that. So anyway, um, that being said, I think there are certain things about this movie that age it a little, like uh, an LG 
flip phone from Verizon. Right. Uh, <laughs> or slide phone, whatever that's called. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, looking back, you can, or looking back through the MCU, you can see how the technology advanced in making the movie and in the CGI. But I still think it holds up and I still enjoy watching it. And I think it's one of the better MCU movies. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 you're not wrong about the technology. I mean, like, this movie, it shows him, like, physically soldering connections and, um, and, and, and doing this stuff. Whereas later, it just, it just happens because he, he has the brain power and the technology to just type a few buttons and then machine, other machines build it for him. Uh, what say you, Corny? Uh, let's see. I saw about half of it about an hour ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what, there's nothing like uh, viewing a movie four times only to not do it. Yeah, uh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I, but outside of that, I guess uh, for me, this movie was probably the, the, up until this point. I think one of the best uh, presented comic book movies uh, based on source material and uh, adapting it for the big screen. Um, the suit was believable. Graphics were fantastic. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, got his uh, redemption uh, from this movie and uh, has just been, I, I will say this, if you do such a good job with the character that they just turn the likeness into you, uh, I think you've done a bang up job with that character. So right. overall, um, it's just, it's just a really well done movie beginning to end. I don't think I really hated anything. Um, uh, even the, even the escape scene was, I thought, I thought pretty nice. And most origins are, are changed a little bit, but I, I like the way they did this. That's it. Uh, okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, Sam. All right. Uh, I, Iron Man, you know, there was, let me ask you this before we uh, dive in, sure. um, the Hulk movies, did they come before this one? No, this is the first, there was a the Hulk first. movie before it, but it was not part of Marvel studios. They're not considering the, the, Ang, was it Ang Lee's yeah, Hulk? That has crazy. nothing to do with that. Oh, okay. All right. So, had, uh, what's his name? Eric Bana was the, was Eric the, Banner. yeah. Yeah. Although um, that one did have Jennifer Connelly, which, you know, makes it a better work. Yeah. Just because of that. <laughs> um, but in terms of comic book movies, we've had things like Batman before this. We've had the Supermans uh, before this. Uh, but for Marvel movies, there wasn't a whole lot before this that really introduced me to the Marvel world. Because uh, I never really grew up with a whole lot of... Um, of the Marvel characters, except for the X-Men. I knew a lot about the X-Men, but that was about it. So when they popped in Iron Man... And those I, movies were pretty good. I mean, X-Men 1 and 2 were actually not bad. Absolutely. For, Don't get me wrong. I loved I loved them. I the, really did. For the early odds, those movies... Now, the third one was obviously but, awful, but the, the first two were pretty good. You had things like Punisher. Um, <laughs> Which is pretty and, bad. And some, some of these other things. Even the, I think there was a Captain America in the 90s that was just horrific. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um but I really enjoy this movie. I think it's it's a well put together movie. I think it balances the humor 
and the the stakes very very well. I love the fact that he had to go through a process, not just building his tin can robot that he did, right? But when he got his suit actually working, there was some kinks he had to work out in it to to get it to work. It wasn't just perfectly perfectly made from the beginning. And um, in terms of a, a Tony Stark character, you know, I think uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark is akin to uh, Johnny Depp's uh, Captain Jack Sparrow in yeah. terms of I can't see anybody else in this role um, for that. Um, I like it. I love it. I love the fact that he had to think himself out of uh, tr- problems, um, especially when he was captured. And uh, had to make his own little uh, uh, suit of armor robot thing. Uh, I'm, you know, of course, you got to s- suspend some belief that you know they aren't paying close enough attention to realize that he's, he's making wearable armor um, and not a missile for them. So, um, but I think it's fun. It's a great, great movie. It it totally set this world uh, on a perfect trajectory, and uh, you know we're still enjoying this world because of this movie. How about you, Sean? Yeah, yeah. Well, gosh, you guys said it. This funny thing is that, as again, watching a movie for the pure enjoyment is different than watching it for the podcast. And when I was watching it this time, I was more tuned in to the background when he was in there making the suit and saw that he had actually built the shell for the rocket. There are scenes where you see him building the actual Jericho missile. So all I could think of is like, for the he was in there for three months, right? He says that yeah. later. I was captured for three months, so it, the movie kind of makes it seem like it was like a week, but <laughs> you know, like he was in there for months, and so he must have built enough of the missile to keep them happy, and then you know maybe during like kind of the night hours. Of course, he couldn't have possibly known the night hours because they didn't take him outside, but a couple of times, um, you know, during his kind of sleeping time, he's probably working on you know, the, the Mark one. So, uh, for whatever reason this time, I kind of bought it more than any other time. Cause oh. I kept thinking when I was young, like first time watching, like these are the worst bad guys in the history of bad guys. Like <laughs> they just lock Like they couldn't have put one dude in the room with them. All those guys that got standing around, but I'm like, you know what? He built part of the missile. So they're probably just, okay, fine, whatever. So, um, but you know this this movie holds another very special place in my heart. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. When I went and saw this in the theater, and I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, another!" They've run out of ideas. Fantastic Four movies were really bad, and like the the aughts were not really kind for Marvel. I mean, we had Spider Man, which Corny and I still love the first one and the second one, and the third one can go to hell. But the, the, <laughs> the first two were good. We both really liked them, and they still hold a special place in my park heart, our hearts. At least I'm, I'm putting words in Corny's mouth, I think, but I'm pretty sure he agrees with me. Uh, even though Crying McGuire, he got he was a little too weepy in those movies, but I st- we still like them. Um, and then and so then I'm like, oh my gosh, they've run out of ideas, and this movie just freaking blew me away. But the other part that blew me away is I did not realize that they were making a new Star Trek movie, and this movie had the teaser trailer for the new Star Trek series. The J.J. Abrams. <laughs> and I was losing my mind in the theater going, oh, my God, they're making a new Star Trek. I, did, I had no idea. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> and that teaser is one of my favorite teasers of all time, that Star Trek teaser. It was, it was brilliant. Um, 
Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, but this movie, and I, so I do want to ask this question of the, of the team. Now that we've had one, two, three, four, four movies, four, I think four movies with um, Colonel Rhodes as played by Don Cheadle. And we had this movie, obviously, with Terrence Howard. Mm-hmm. Which one do we like better? Now, we've got more movies of Don Cheadle, but like, which version of Rhodey do we like better? I like Cheadle. I think he's more relatable. That's just my opinion. What do you think, Corny? You, you unmuted, so obviously you have something something to say. Oh, I, I, I was going to say, I don't think that we can... I don't think any of us can like Howard because he was only, you know, rode for about I don't know. 15 minutes of movie time. Yeah. And then on top of that, he's completely not Don Cheadle. And as we know, Don Cheadle was uh, very quietly funny. So him John back and forth. And you know, I, I mean, it's just a completely different character than yeah. Yeah. Howard and, uh, and light years away. I mean, light years different. So, I mean, well, I guess somebody could like him, but they'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, again, my question isn't, you know, which one do we like better, I guess, is that, well, I guess that was my question. But, um, you know, could we... I was going to say, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what the question was. Yeah, it, it was yeah. the question. I guess what I wanted to ask, but maybe that is what I wanted to ask, is that, like, would we still like, like, what if they had, had always been Terrence Howard? Would we, I mean, we wouldn't have known Don Cheadle in the role, so we would have, of course, been been good with it. But I, I, I like Don Tito because you're right, Corny. He's he is quietly funny. I mean, like he has these little moments of of wit that are really, I think, really fun in the movie. In the movie and play off uh, Downey Jr. real well. Like you, like you they know, feel. I feel like they're like actual buds. And yeah. And you know, like you know, I don't know. I I like their chemistry better. Yeah, Terrence Howard has never been a, uh, a a funny guy. I mean, everything he does is either smooth or partially angry. Right. And uh, I, I just, you know, I don't think he. Uh, I, I can think of other people I'd like to see. Maybe as a a roadie. Yeah. Um, Michael Jai White would be. I guess I could see him. Oh, I can't, uh, just I in terms of why him being I like think- a. A better fighter type, but not. I mean, you don't really need that. Um, but yeah, I, I think you have to have someone who can at least appear to be tough and have just a little bit of humor, right, to play off of of Downey. But uh, oh, he was uh, he was Spawn, that guy you just said. Yes, and Black Dynamite. Oh, that's right. He's in the new Black Dynamite show. I need to watch that. I'm still in the middle of Luke Cage too. Uh, oh no, no, no. Two. Sorry, sorry. Uh, not. I mean, there was a. A really bad. Um, oh, he's fake. not. He's not the new Black Dynamite. There's an old one. Yeah, there's a uh, kind of a black exploitation film. I don't know. Maybe set. It's not too long ago. Maybe like 2008, nine. Yeah, 2009. Colin. Yeah, I see it here. Oh, Arsenio Hall was in it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Arsenio Hall. Maybe I could see him as a. Well, I'm saying he was <laughs> in. He was in Black Dynamite. <laughs> True, but I could also see him as a really bad version of Rudy. Is that the movie that you watched where they have to fight? Um, don't they have to fight like not Ronald Reagan? They fight uh, what's his name? Friggin' president? No, actually, I, I think it is Ronald Reagan. Right? I, I am not a crook. Wasn't it with that guy? Wasn't it with Nixon? him? Oh, Nixon. Richard, yeah. Wasn't it Richard? 
Is that what it was? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was. The Kung, Kung Fu Fighting Richard Nixon at the end of the movie. Is that, oh, that nice. Because I remember you, we saw it, you and I physically saw it like at a red box. And I was like, really? And you said, oh, I have to watch this. I remember you watching it and saying that it was actually really funny and you wanted me to watch it. And I just haven't. If it's ever, if it's ever, I, I wouldn't call it black exploit. Well, I, mean, I guess it's, it's, I don't think it's black exploitation. Can you have that in 2009? I just kind of thought of those movies from the 60s and 70s. Um, uh, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> um, no, so that's kind of, I mean, it was, it was a, it's a parody of black exploitation. Oh, okay. I'm with where, you. Um, All right. It's just a, Basically, you need to watch. <laughs> There's a character named Aphrodite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's completely. Uh... Oh, this is great. I need to watch this Asian chick. Um, <laughs> Richard Nixon was played by uh, James McManus. He doesn't have a picture. Uh, Walla, Brickwilla, Club MC, Glory. I am Brickwilla. Uh, Euphoria. That's her name's Euphoria. And then Michael J. White is Black Dynamite. His credit is way down there because they, they listed it as um, in an order of appearance. So apparently it takes a while for him to show up in the movie. Um, yeah, he's like, uh, if you take Shaft and then give him superpowers. There's White Chick and White Chick number two. There's also Abraham Lincoln apparently is in this. I'd re- it's been such a long time. Yeah, it got weird. It got real weird. Nice. All right. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to go down that fun rabbit hole, but that was fun for me. Um, I got to get off the black down on my page. Uh, you were thinking, you're, but you're looking at like, like in 2008, we didn't know who Idris Elba is, but he would have been cool. Oh yeah. That would have been a good one. Like he does an American accent. Cause one of the guys, one of the podcasts to listen to, they've, they've mentioned this like multiple times that he doesn't. Who's dying? Like, That's be my wife. Say, She's that dying. sounds like Kimberly. Cut her down. Yeah. No, um, I, I think we're gonna like to bed, gonna... not like that killer. Oh, don't kill her. Okay. Yeah. Or two. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, that Don, they don't like Don Cheadle in the role because they think he's too small. Like so Air small. Air Force Colonel should look bigger than that. But my argument is, why? If you're in the Air Force, there's physical limitations to being in a jet. Like if he. Is a colonel. I could not be a pilot. Do what? I said I could not be a pilot. Uh, why? These are physical limitations. Yeah, you're not. You're not too big to be a pilot. Corny's too big to be a pilot because he's six two. He literally is too tall for the. And I weigh more than the plane. Well, I I I wasn't going there. I was just making the reference (laughs) that you're six two. Um. Anyway, it doesn't matter. My point is, is I don't. I like Don Cheadle. Um. Uh, but continuing with my little intro doodad is that I love this movie, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, I have nothing bad to say about all it. All I got to say about that. At all. All right, guys. That's it. That's, that's, that's the podcast. Good night, guys. Um, this is great. We'll see you later. See you later. Um, okay. So what was I going to say? I did, yeah. la- I did laugh that they called the little barbs the walking dead. That made me think of you, Sam. Um, I also laughed at the beginning of the movie when he's taking a picture with the with the soldier, and he's like, "I don't want to see this on your MySpace page." It's like, Eesh. way to way to pick because Facebook was definitely a thing in two thousand eight, but but you, MySpace probably gave him some money. Well, MySpace was bigger, and they at the probably time. at the time, and they probably felt felt that MySpace was going to last the test of time over Facebook. How'd that go? Yeah, oops. Um, 
But I did write also that um, I didn't take many notes as I typically don't when I, I freaking love a movie. Is that the the, the movie is is truly like a hero's. Um, it's not even really a hero's. It's actually not a hero's journey because it is a redemption story. But like a lot of movies like this, there's especially comic book hero movies. There's a there's a, a moment, a pivotal moment in the in the life of the person, right? Batman, it's the death of his parents. That's the that's the moment he changes, right? Um, and and there's other ones throughout comic books, and in this one, it was. Uh, in twofold, Jensen giving up his life so that Tony would have a, a chance to escape, and also that his legacy was going to be that his weapons were used to kill innocent people, and and I found that really interesting um, as kind of motivation for him to become the Iron Man. I thought that was really cool way to do it because it was. It wasn't your typical, oh, they killed my dad, or he killed my uncle, or he killed my... Uh, you know, it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Not saying better or worse, just different for for Tony. Um, and Corny you're, and Andrew, you're the only two that probably read the comic books. I have no idea if that is kind of the original motivation for Tony becoming that, or if he was just a bored billionaire. I don't know. I'll let Corny answer, because I... Only read DC Comics growing up. Corny? Uh-oh. Did we lose him? I don't know. He's still... His little icon's still there. <laughs> He'd just be dropping a dude. Oh, okay. Could be. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he fell asleep during the podcast? Because that never happens. That, no. that might, yeah. That would never happen. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, hopefully he'll he'll rejoin us in a minute. Um, <laughs> so your your other point, Sam, him him testing things out. I I. What was that? Him? You back? No. Okay. Um, him okay. testing the thing out was pretty cool. I, I love yeah. the scene where he's 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 pushing it. Um. And then he then he crashes down, and that stupid <laughs> robot sprays him. If you hose me again, and I'm not on fire. I'm going to donate you to a community college. I love that scene. I'll take him. Uh, right? No kidding. Right? Even 2008 technology of that was probably better than what we got now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'll take Tony Stark's leftover tech. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, this is what happens when I don't take as many notes. What about as Pepper? I- Do you think? Uh- Okay, I do have a What's thing. What's her name? Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, do we? Oh, there he is. What's up? Hey, I was. I asked you a question earlier. We had a nice, nice thing for you. And you, you. Oh, you, sorry. That's okay. Oh. <laughs> now we know where you went. Um, we, I was basically asking the question. I was. My point was talking about the, um, you know, the the Tony Stark's motivation comes from kind of a twofold. Partly the death of Yensen, but mainly. His legacy is going to be that his weapons that he built and designed and sold were going to were used to kill innocent people, and a lot of other motivations for comic book characters come from the death of mom, dad, uncle, Billy, whatever, right? And his elevator man, elevator man, and his was different in that it's it's more it's just different. And then I asked you the question of is that kind of the way it is in the comic book? Or was he just a bored billionaire that has cool tech? No, no, no. Uh, 
the thing happened, and I forget how the heart shrapnel stuff happens. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, th- this movie was portrayed a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but um, it does a thing, and um, I think he starts to make the suit to keep him alive. Ultimately, right, and then it, it eventually just basically one of those things where he can weaponize it. And to be honest with you, I'm not that familiar with the back history of Iron Man. Well, I mean that's fair. He's a ter- he's a he's a secondary or maybe yeah. even tertiary character at best in the MCU. Um, oh, I mean, well, that was up until basically this movie. Yeah, 2008, and then he became. I mean, like the the people that were creating the <laughs> Iron Man comic were like, "Oh hell yeah, thank you for this. Our our, our comics are going to go through the roof now." Yeah, the thing is, is that he's a. I mean, he was he was an original member of the Avengers, was he? Wait. Yeah, he was, yeah. but he was dude what built everything. Like that's just kind of what he was, right? Like. No, I mean he was he was an active member, um, and so was Wasp and Ant Man. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, they they're happen. getting there. But anyway, yeah, they they stayed in uh, Stark's tower and whatever and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, I just I, I oddly enough, I've never really gone back and looked. I mean, one of the biggest things I learned from Iron Man's history is that uh, he was a raging alcoholic and you know lost stuff from time to time. Right. Uh, lost his lost stuff know. from time to time. I love that idea. Yeah. He got drunk oh, and, he, and lost Ultron. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Actually, I will say this. Uh, considering that the I guess Tony's the cause of Ultron and MCU. Mm-hmm. That I, I I still can't let that go. Yeah, I know. I know that you've always had issues. What that, was it, Hank Pym? Yeah, that you want? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Pym. I mean, it it because it, it, I mean, like over years, that's been an issue. And Ultron's just gone to try to kill <laughs> Hank Pym. He does it actually. I think recently. Yeah, but anyway. in your but but also the issue is that that it for basically a whole movie, Tony is as a bad guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, but he would do things like that anyway. Um, Tony at some point in time becomes the director of Shield. I mean, it gets it's the uh, Civil War uh, thing gets I mean gets out of hand because of him, right? Um, so he, he's he's kind of a bad guy from time to time. He can be an antihero a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see that. I do also think it's kind of funny that Pepper Potts has killed more bad guys, more villains than he has. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you think about it, who's the only villain that Iron Man has killed? Right? He nukes the Chitari, yeah. but that's not, those are just, you know, basically flesh, CGI creatures. fleshy robots, so who cares? Right? Um, because Pepper kills the bad guy in Iron Man 1 and 3. Iron Man 2, um, whip, Whiplash, he kills himself. Um, Avengers. Two, Ultron is killed by Vision. Um, I'm trying to think. He doesn't kill anyone in... Oh, no, he does... Okay, spoiler. Tony does kill somebody in Avengers Infinity War. He kills one of the children of Thanos. Which one? Uh, Glaive? I don't want to... Can can we say? I mean, I guess the movie's out, right? Sorry, whoops. You know what I'm saying? Like, can we, can we say? Like, I mean, I guess we're gonna get. No, we can't. It's it's not under three years. Well, you can you can spoiler tag it and then do it. Yeah, I guess I'll, because I do want to talk about Infinity War. Actually, pretty pretty good bit. Um, he kills the guy what can manipulate matter. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. 
Remember when he's torturing Doctor Strange? That's right. He, Wait. He, well, he's, that's a group effort. He shoots a rocket and gets sucked out into space. That's pretty significant. That was pretty mainly him. Yeah. Spider-Man just closed up the... No, Iron Man closed okay. up the whole... Well, Spider-Man just... He Iron just Man. caught Doctor Strange. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yep. Now that now I remember. Yeah. But it was Spider-Man's uh, idea. It was his idea. Because when he was like, you can't hurt me or whatever. And he's like, no, but the kid's seen more movies. And that's when he shoots the wall. Um, so... Again, I've seen that movie twice in the last week and a half. So, um, <laughs> just cause, you're a madman. Well, I had time. Like my the work schedule just kind of worked out that I was able to do it, watch it, and then I, re- I watched it the next day with the director commentary, which was wonderful, wonderful stuff. And I that's kind of some of the stuff I want to talk about. So it's kind of like a Infinity War spoiler episode part two, um, kind of a thing. But, um. I just think it's funny that Iron Man doesn't he doesn't actually kill bad guys. He lets Pepper do it. It's just kind of funny. Um, he and doesn't I, want to get his hands dirty in case he's ever elected president. Right. There you go. Uh, <laughs> anything else we want to say about this movie? I mean, I, I don't want it's just a to great, be... It's a great fun it, film. It, it is a good I mean, time. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Can, I, can, we, can we talk about Infinity War for, for a few minutes? Is that no, okay? Sorry. Okay, good. Uh, we got to go to bed. Good night. So, to answer some of the questions, again, this is spoiler territory. If, if all you wanted to do is tune into Iron Man, this is where you need to tune out. Surprise, the war's not really infinite. So, you know when he snaps his fingers and he goes into like a purple, reddish place and there's a little water on the floor and he sees baby girl. Yeah, with the, the home of Prince. That <laughs> so he's in Minnesota. Okay, <laughs> that has been confirmed. That is the he's inside the Soul Stone. Oh, really? He is inside it. Uh, the director confirmed it, and the way he confirmed it was too. Like one of the writers, it was two the two directors and two writers, and he's like, "So Thanos is in the Soul Stone, right?" He's like, "Of course he's in the Soul Stone," and uh, and so what we were seeing with Gamora, that baby Gamora, was. A, a, a child version of, of actual Gamora that's trapped there. Huh. Um, they talked about the reason why they wanted the Red red Skull to be the keeper of the Soul Stone. It's basically the idea was is that when the Tesseract shot him into space, the Tesseract would send him somewhere where the stone thought he was uh, he needed to go. And so it was his, for whatever reason, he's been on that planet ever since. Um, hmm. Learning about the Soul Stone. Um, oh, what was some of that stuff that I learned? Um, they also, this was cool, and we've talked about this a dozen times on this podcast. Is that what Marvel has learned to do is make a movie, like a themed movie, and then add in the superhero elements later. You know, like mm-hmm. C- Civil War is a spy flick that also happens to have Captain America. Uh, not Civil War, Winter Soldier is what I meant to say. Winter Soldier is a spy flick. Um, Ant-Man and Ant-Man 2 are both heist movies, right? And they're just, they're just yeah. heist movies. Avengers Infinity War, I had not thought about this. In- Infinity War is a hero's journey, right? It's, it's no different than friggin' Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's a hero's journey, but in the movie, the movie is written as Thanos as the hero. See, I said that when uh, we had reviewed it the first time. Sure. If you uh, yeah. watched the movie in that 
uh, and that idea, mm-hmm. it makes it a very, very interesting movie. It does, mm-hmm. and I wish I would have remembered that when you said that because I had I had forgotten you said that. Um, but you're 100 percent right. It is, it is a hero's journey for Thanos, mm. and and it really kind of changes the movie. And like after the finger snap, the director's like, and then it becomes a horror flick. And he says. And movies like this aren't supposed to end the way that it did, but we did it on purpose. We wanted to, we wanted to kind of wreck you. And they're like, they literally said, sorry for the kick in the nuts. That's literally what they said on the thing. I was like, we just kicked you in the nuts, sorry. And now we're going to do it again by watching Nick Fury and Maria Hill die. Um, and there was a couple other fun like, Easter, like moments where, where you realize like, like Thanos only kills people that are considered threats, right? Like that's why he doesn't kill Drax or Mantis. He just turns them into weird shapes because he doesn't consider them threats, which then made me think about something else. Um, what is Drax's role in the Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, he's the muscle, isn't he? Is he? I mean, is he? Like, but he he actually kills Thanos. I know. Uh, in one of the comic book arcs, he kills Thanos. He punches him through the chest. But like, name a moment in the in either Guardians of the Galaxy movie where where, where Drax is actually kind of badass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he he gets his ass kicked by the 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 accuser dude in the first movie several times. I mean, just gets his ass beat, right? Um, and like, and then in Guardians Two, I mean, literally, he's there for like comic relief. He's just mm. there to be that. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when they're fighting the big worm thing, he doesn't do anything. I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. Drax is I a fun think character. That but... He's been effectively used as a character in the way that he was originally intended in the comic books. Yeah. Like, like I haven't said that. I like. Oh, he's a great that. character. I just. He's supposed to be terrifying and strong, and and I just feel like he's kind of not those things. But well, as I say, in the the same vein, in Thor Ragnarok, you know, you get Meek and uh, uh, well, and Korg. Yeah, Korg. Uh, Korg is a a stoic warrior. Peace off, ghost. <laughs> and then now we get pissed. And, piss and then we get pissed off, ghost. Hey, we're gonna do a revolution. You want to come? And so, to <laughs> the hammer, the hammer pulled you off off the ground, pulled me off the ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that feeling you have there is like what I have every time they take a character and kind of nerf him and do something weird with it. Yeah, they do this a lot with a lot of characters. Yeah, um, right. you know the the Mandarin was some dude named Tony. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, I'm Trevor. Trevor Slattery. Oh, Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. 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 Yeah, um, I, I and you're not the only person that had issues with the the Mandarin bit, um, and I and I and my counter argument was simply that we so far had lived in a world without magic, right? That the, the strangest thing we'd seen so far were aliens from another planet that come through a hole in, yeah. in a portal, and if all this. Yeah, the space, the space. We're, <laughs> the going space through, we're, we're going through the devil's anus. I didn't know that's what it was called before I picked it. Um, and and then all of a sudden we're gonna have a dude with magic rings. Like I think it would have been too far. Now eventually we get Doctor Strange, which is one of 
my favorite in the MCU, and I love it. And it is magic. I mean, it's straight up magic. Um, but anyway, didn't one of the one shots basically say that the Mandarin is still out there? Yeah, the real Mandarin. Yeah, Trevor goes to jail, and then he's being interviewed by somebody, and then the guy like like basically kidnaps him out of the jail and says the the act the, the Mandarin doesn't like that you've been portraying him. And so I think it was supposed to be a tease to the fact that there actually still is a Mandarin out there. Now, are we ever going to get to that story arc? Probably not. Although it would be nice. Just I would like, like to see. Just like we're never going to get. About. Oh, sure. But like there's, we're never going to see the story arc because at, at the end of Hulk, the first, the, the one, the, 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 the one that we like. Yeah. The Ed Norton. The Ed Norton one. Thank you. The doctor, what tries to, to cure Hulk, but doesn't. Remember, he gets a little bit of the green juice in him. Oh, that's right, yeah. He was supposed to become something, and we never saw the result of that either. Yeah. Oh, was that Dr. Samson? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he comes a, you know, gamma freak, too. Right, and we never, that nothing comes of that ever. So there's a couple of little loose threads in the MCU that we never get tied up, but whatever, it's fine. Um, something else, Corny, that actually confirms that you and I are both wrong about the Hulk. No, I refuse. It, and that is that <laughs> we we had the theory, you and I, that, and I think Sam and Andrew, I think, agreed or concurred or contributed to this theory, is that the Hulk didn't want to come out in this movie because he got his ass beat. And that's not what the directors or the writers wrote it as. In that... They wrote it as the Hulk was tired of being the solution to that. Oh, here, here, puny Banner needs help once again from the Hulk, so now I have to come out and save the day. And he was tired of doing that, and that's why he kept saying no. It wasn't that he didn't want to fight because he was scared. He was just tired of it and was basically forcing Banner to figure out things on his own. I call all of the bull... That's what what the writers wrote. I mean, I'm saying, I I get that, but I think it it diminishes the whole. I I don't know. To me, I, I, I we talked about this the other day, Sean. But the more I think about it, the more it's like the Hulk likes to smash. Wouldn't he want to do that? (laughs) Is that the cat again? Yeah, Yeah, sorry, kitty smash. (laughs) Kitty smash. (laughs) Better watch out. You're gonna have kitty poop in a minute. Kitty poop. Kitty poop, kitty poop. What, what are they feeding you? No, I mean, yeah, you're right, Sam. The, the I mean, the Hulk, uh, his his catchphrase, "I'm the strongest," or the, "I'm the strongest there is." Hulk gets punched by Thanos. Thanos talks some shit. Hulk's getting right back up. Like that's that's him. Hulk doesn't stop until he's dead, and you really can't kill him. He's kind of immortal, essentially. Um, and, and and the idea, and I know they said it, and I can't argue with the fact that a writer said this is what it was. It doesn't make any sense that Hulk would take the "no, you need to figure this out for yourself" approach against one of the be- one of the strongest people he's ever fought. But but in fairness, I mean, again, Hulk got his ass beat now, and they were very you know, the, the Thanos has the Power Stone at this point. But it, they show it very deliberately in the movie that he is not using the Power Stone to beat him because. This is the Hulk is the first time in a long time that Thanos actually has a full a legit challenger, right? 
And that's why he kills Idris Elba for sending him away because now that threat could possibly come back. And of course, Idris Elba is a threat because of his sight and the ability to summon dark magic to, um, to, 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 to open up the Bifrost. Uh, we also do learn in, in the, the director's commentary that Korg, Meek, and Valkyrie do escape the ship. Oh, good. Okay. They do Yay. get off the ship before the ship is attacked. So good. we will see them again. In what capacity, we don't know. Because I don't know if Hemsworth has signed on to do Thor 4. I don't know. Um, you can't pass up all the money in the world. Well, but but Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans have both said, we're done after Avengers 4. And that's why Corny and I both believe that both or one are going to die in Avengers, yeah. in Avengers 4. Well, I think we all agree. Right. That's that's writing on the wall right now. Yeah. Well, Cap, well, Cap will probably want to die because that's him. He, he's got to make the He's got to make the, the sacrifice play. And... But that's what and makes Tony me think quit because of that, you know. Well, that's what made me think that it was going to be Tony is because Cap says that he wouldn't, you know, like that, that. That harkens back. I mean, there's so many Easter eggs in this movie that actually harken back to the first movie. Like, like if you go back to, if you remember when we the the opening scene where the the Ark is being shot at by Thanos's ship, whatever it's called, I don't know what it's called. Um, you hear a distress call. the The physical voice of the distress call is. Kevin Branagh, the guy that directed Thor 1. I mean, like, just little things like that. It was just so neat that they did for that movie just to make it that much more in-depth, you know, more, give it more depth. Um, I just thought it was really cool. And, and another part, too, was that, you know, the, the writers were like, it, it's really hard to write a movie when you have six MacGuffins that are so powerful. You have to, you have to constantly keep evening out the playing field. I mean, and like, there, there's a reason why Doctor Strange can't just sling ring a hole underneath Thanos. He drops down, then he cuts it, then he cuts the gauntlet off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he could do that, but you can't because it wouldn't make for a very interesting story otherwise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I did watch the How It Should Have Ended series, and it's like as Chris Pratt's about to lose his, his his stuff and go punch Thanos in the face, Tony goes, "Can someone not using their hands right now take care of him?" And um, not Gamora. What's her sister's name? Um, Look, the blue girl, Corny. What's her name? Uh, Nebula. 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 I, was, I was like, blue girl, yeah. Smurfette. Yeah, Nebula comes up and you know, hits him in the back of the head. He's like, oh, thanks. That could have been really bad, you know? So, um, <laughs> but another thing that I also didn't think about is that, you know, when, when Thor has this really cool axe, which is, I, Corny, I have a question for you about the axe. Um, when he has an axe and he, and, he, and he throws it and he hits Thanos right in the chest and he comes down and he says, I told you you would die for that. That that was a uh, that was actually Chris that was actually Thor's equivalent of Star Lord's punching him in the face. That I'm gonna take this extra moment and rub it in, and and basically be a little arrogant instead yep. of doing what was what I'm supposed to do, and that is just outright kill you, chop your head off, chop your arm off, right? Like he wants the moment to inflict more pain onto Thanos. 
And that's what ul- that also is ultimately what causes the the doom of of the gal the universe or the galaxy, whatever. Um. So, corny. Maybe. Oh yeah. No, no. What's go up? ahead, please, please say what you're about to say. Let's say what if, what if that uh, that chop into the chest of Thanos actually killed him, and he dies. And what he thinks happened as he dies is him snapping his finger and killing everyone. I know it didn't happen that way. I was just yeah, saying. I know, but but, <laughs> but but again, the writers needed to have they need to continue to show flaw because Thor. I mean, this movie there's this movie is also Thor's hero's journey. This is Thor's journey, right? Because Ragnarok is silly and and whatever, and then this movie it's really about him showing how awesome he is. And this movie really shows how freaking badass Thor is. Like I never yeah, really thought how. of him as being truly one of the more powerful you know what I'm saying like him and yeah. Hulk are kind of the powerful ones like the powerful ones mm-hmm. um, in in this and I'm trying to think anyone I mean right corny like there's honestly there's no one on the same level as Thor at the end of this by the by this movie with with Stormbreaker as his new weapon and what he learned to be able to control and unleash in Ragnarok, right? And I'm not wrong in that statement, right? He's, I guess it really depends on what they do with Captain Marvel. Well, yeah, but we don't, we haven't oh, seen yeah, her Oh, yeah, we don't yet. know your, yeah. We yeah. Okay, so based on this, okay, so based on this movie, yes. Right, like, he's the, he's yeah. the top of the pyramid of the team, right? Um, and I love the scene when he, when he comes in and he throws his axe around, he kills a bunch of the things, and then he lands with Groot and Rocket. And Banner goes, oh, you guys are so screwed. I love it. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, I still can't believe Hulk wouldn't want to go out and beat all of those things. I don't, I don't get that. I yeah, just don't it, get it. Again, and, and, but it, it, it makes more sense in what the writer said than our theory, is that he got his ass beat. Thanos isn't there, so why wouldn't he go out there and rip all those little space dogs to, to exactly in half? So it has Good to point. be it has to be more than just he got his ass beaten, so he's scared. It has to be something else, and and it and forcing Banner to figure things out on his own. Maybe maybe the Hulk has respect for him, and he, he we're gonna see the Hulk again. We know that he's gonna come back in, in Avengers Four. He has to. Um, just how they do it. Because the theory we've had in the past is that that Tony sacrificed... Because, again, Tony is Banner's only friend, truly. Um, in that Tony's going to die, and that's what's going to set the Hulk off on a rage. And he kills. Ooh, that'd be fun. I do think so. I think that was the theory that Corny Knight had um, when we saw it, after we saw it. So, uh, But back to the axe, Corny. Now... Uh, meow meow had <laughs> was it wasn't okay. it Cat wasn't yeah, it wasn't just that it was heavy that you couldn't pick it up because it was heavy but also there was a, a magicalness that prevented you from picking it up right? oh, oh oh no uh, Mjolnir was uh, is in fact it's just the wordiness it's not even heavy right right but like when you when he puts it down on something you can't pick it up right like he drops it on the the face of the dragon in the beginning of Ragnarok and it, you know, it, the dragon can't lift its mouth up to bite him or he puts it on top of Loki to keep him on the ground. So, I mean, we've, we've seen that it, 
that actually does can, can actually do that. It literally can be the world's heaviest paperweight. No, no, no. Uh, it, it, so, sorry, it might be for the MCU, but in all honesty, Mjolnir. I mean, it's it's super light, except for the idea of the worthiness scent. But right. I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Uh, it has to. Okay, it has to be that way for the MCU. It's about weight for that thing in the MCU. Because, that bothers me. Because in well, the comic books, it's all about worthiness, right. whether you can pick it or not. But I, but again, and they make reference to that several times. You know, like even in Avengers Two, they're all sitting around drinking, and Steve Rogers wiggles it a little bit, and then you know Thor kind of freaks out. But then when he picks it up, he's like, "It's because you're not worthy." So like, we all know that it's not just a pure strength thing. It truly is a, a worthy thing. But they make fun of it at the end of the movie, like. If you put meal, if you put it down in an elevator and the elevator went up, is the elevator lifting it? The elevator's not worthy, <laughs> you know. And and in Big Bang Theory, they actually make a fun joke about, well, if it was in space, could you pick it up in space? Like, because there's no weight, so what would it do in space? If Thor let go of it in space and you picked it up, it wouldn't go down. It would just. You know what go. I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't do anything, right? Like, would you be able to manipulate it? Like, we don't know. So. And it's hard for our our physics loving brains to understand something like worthiness, right? So then you come to Stormbreaker, right? And Stormbreaker is under no certain there's under no uh, same um, physics restrictions, right? There's not a worthiness um, qualifier. You know, the All Father did not whisper onto it the words of Thor, right? So people are kind of freaking out online, though, that so that when Thor, when Thor says, when Chris Pratt's like, well, don't you think we should all get the Thanos kind of weapon, killing weapons? And he goes, your minds wouldn't be able to handle it, let alone lift it. You wouldn't be able to physically lift it. Yet Groot can. And so people are kind of pissed that Groot could pick it up. Uh, to but Groot, Groot is worthy. Is he? Yeah, absolutely. But again, does worthiness matter to Stormbreaker? Does that matter? I'd imagine that it's. Uh, I imagine that it does. Because I because <laughs> I thought that it only mattered because Anthony Hopkins whispered onto Meow Meow. Like I didn't think it mattered for that. I just thought because it was heavy. I I factored away that it hadn't been totally made yet, yeah. and once he made it, when once he combined the two halves, that's when it. It like slammed to the floor. Right. I don't know. So maybe, maybe. A finished, a finished weapon is different than one in the process. So like, like Groot, Groot couldn't then pick it up and then hand it to Thor. Like from Finland, that kind of yeah. finish. Yeah. If I n n i s h. Anyway, I just thought that stuff was cool. Reading, uh, listening to the director's commentary about it. And they were like, it was just a pleasure getting Peter Dinklage to come in and, and play a dwarf. They just, I just love that bit. But like a giant dwarf. A, dry, a giant dwarf, yeah. Um, it was kind of ironic. And yeah. <laughs> the, the, and I also learned that the first day of shooting was the scene when they, when the team picks up. No, that's not true. The first day, the first scenes that they shot were actually the big battle scenes of Wakanda, which of course is just Georgia. And yeah. They, and um, makes sense. And. Uh, well, the, so here's, oh yeah, so this reminded me, yeah, so the Wakanda bit, right. So when they were filming this movie, they were still filming Black Panther. So they had no idea 
that what would that when he screams Wakanda forever, that would matter to people, right? It was just a phrase to them. And so when they did the test screenings, when <laughs> when <laughs> the cat, when, well, I love it. speaking of Black Wakanda Panther, forever. yeah, well, yeah. When he screams Black Panther, he says people in the audience literally stood up and cheered. And and their guys were like, oh. And one of the writers says, and before you guys ask, that's why the those armored rhinos aren't in the movie, because we didn't know about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's those a, would have been awesome out there with those little dog things. Right. That would have been like those, they would have been running them over like crazy, but they didn't they didn't know that armored rhinos were part of the story arc. Um, and so a set of a three, two, uh, rhinos and then a couple of one, one, right. Guys with cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a rhino is probably higher than a three, two. I'm just saying probably four, two. Yeah. Like or, or, or a four, four. I mean, that's a lot of armor. Okay. Fair enough. Um, they are slow though. So, you know, minus one for speed, but plus four armor plus four attack. Um, I don't think there's any way we can make this this conversation. Can go twelve spots. More nerdy, yeah. <laughs> go all over Wakanda. Must land in uh, Allied territory. But there's also so back to my point of like people being threats. There's a reason why they had to wait until um, Scarlet Witch came out to before they would attack a Vision. Um, and once again, the movie basically keeps telling you that. This movie is a culmination of people making decisions. And it just kind of always happens to be the wrong decision. Um, you know, Chris Pratt making his decision and Wanda making hers and and whatever. But um But yeah, the Wakanda Forever bit, they didn't know. And so when the guy who's the the king of the people from the mountains and he starts doing his he would say something and then the, the crowd would uh, his men would respond, that kind of call back and forth. Yeah. No, they learned that on the on on the Black Panther set, and so the actor, as trying to just get them fired up, you know, the director's like, "Okay, guys, we need a lot of energy," and he's like, "Hold on, I got this," and he he would start doing that thing, and they all start responding, they're getting pumped up, and the director goes, "Wait a minute, where'd you guys learn that?" And he goes, "Across the across the street when we were filming yesterday for Black Panther." And he goes, "No, no, we're gonna do that again, but this time we're gonna roll camera. That's awesome." <laughs> and so. There was a lot of that stuff. And there was some other stuff that they didn't... Like, they were still writing this movie when Thor was being filmed. So there's a couple of moments in Thor that... Like, there's a reason why we don't see... We didn't see Meek and, and Korg. Not just because they have to write in they escaped. is that they didn't know those characters would be as interesting and fun as they were. And that's, why, that's one of the reasons why they didn't. I do wish that Wong could, could have been... Showed up as Wakanda. Wouldn't that have been cool if Wong could have showed up and helped out? That would have been pretty neat. Yeah. Anyway. He was defending New York, the Sanctum. No, I understand why they had to write him out, but it still would have been cool had he showed up and been like, Mirror Dimension, bye-bye. So, anyway. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, no. Again, Iron Man got pulled from streaming. The only way we all watched it was on our own DVD copies. So I have no clips. I, so I, just yeah. don't. I have some YouTube stuff here, but I don't. Pew, 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 bang, bang. Yeah, like, I don't really know how this would work. I'll cue all the ACDC. Yeah. There you go. And I did like to. It, I was reminded today as I watched it again about the, the soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. 
great. I love it. Film. And all the uh, sorry. So okay. And all the uh, <laughs> classic rock. Yeah. All day long. It's great. Um, cool. The Yarrowin. Uh, all rock all the time. <laughs> w Q I R N. I like it. Um. All right, that's kind of the show. Um, I uh, I didn't write in tropes. I guess tropes were were in this movie. And back to the Iron Man conversation. Um, well, the fact that uh, when he was working on the suit, you cleared here an anvil, and there's no anvil in sight. Yeah, I I know this is something I did notice too this time when he's anviling when he's hammering the face mask, he's doing it in beat with the music. Do you think that they had like a rough? Like the composer was on set and said, I don't know, I don't have it completely composed yet, but this is the tempo of the piece. Or I think, you know what I'm saying? I'm oh, sorry. I think, the, you know, they put up a giant screen and they bring the orchestra in. Well, yeah, I know how they do that when they record the score. So my question is, did he write the score around him hammering or did they give Tony uh, uh, Robert some direction and say, hammer it at this tempo so that, that it'll match the song, right? Because if he would have hammered a lot faster, it wouldn't have worked. I think that that was... I think that was added in after the movie was shot. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's just a cutaway scene, so... Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Could it be a montage? Uh, oh, you are so wonderful. Gotta be a montage. You're so right. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long since I've got to play... Where the freak is it? That's what she said. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, now there's something in my eye. I'm in pain. What's happening? That's what she said. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, here it is. Here we go. There we go. There you go. Yeah, I totally montage. forgot about that. About the building montage. Uh, uh, assembling, I should say. Actually, there's two assembling montages if you think about it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, there we go. Uh, I also, in our haste to get this movie finalized as our movie for the week, I, we forgot to discuss what we we're gonna do for top three. Um, but I think we're okay with that tonight. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll just pass. It. <laughs> I like all three. Like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it's fine. Well, yeah, no. a lot of us are school, and yeah, yeah, I know. top three. Yeah. <laughs> Piss off, off, ghost. The hammer pulled you off. No, off the ground. Off the ground. Uh, <laughs> all right. So out of 10, we will do that part. So. Uh, Wait, what's supposed to happen? There you go. Uh, oh, I didn't do any trivia for Iron Man, and I'm not going to. Um, just, just. Uh, suit, oddly enough, not made of iron. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um. Oh, I didn't realize that Jarvis stands for just a rather very intelligent system. Oh, my gosh. Because uh, it's obviously a tribute to Edwin Jarvis, who is Howard Stark's butler. We learned that from uh, um, Agent Carter, that short-lived series. Yeah. And Jarvis in the comics is basically like Alfred. Yeah, yeah. not as badass. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bettany recorded all of his lines for Jarvis in two hours. Well, that's funny. Do you think he knew he was signing on to be uh, 
the Flash or whatever he was. The Flash. Vision. Yeah, I do remember when, when he he actually got mad because he was like, man, that means I got to do makeup and actually be on screen. He was, he was actually kind of mad about that. It's kind of funny. Um, in the comics, Corny is is Jarvis end up being Vision or is Vision just a different character? No, no, no. Uh, Vision is uh, okay. So Jarvis is just a butler that does extra stuff. Uh, kind of like Happy's a driver. Um, but anyway, Jarvis is a dude. Um, Vision was a Ultron clone. That, That's right. I remember that now. Yeah, and then they 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 took out the Ultron bits, and then he became a superhero. That's right. And then he had imaginary kids with Wanda. And then <laughs> How's that work? Uh, she imagined the whole thing, and then they died because they weren't real. And then she lost her mind, and then she killed most of the mutants on the planet. It's a very interesting storyline. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm reading trivia here because there's a lot of trivia here that I didn't real, read read about. Um, like John Favreau shot the film in California because he felt too many superhero films were set in the East Coast, especially New York City. As of May eight May of eighteen, only six of the nineteen films have featured New York. Of course, being Avenger, Captain America. Avengers Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Infinity War. Although Captain America was more European. Yeah, mostly European. It's only in New York yeah. in the beginning of the movie. Which is another yeah. fun part about the uh, Avenger, uh, Infinity War, sorry, I just remembered this, is mm-hmm. that the scene where the big alien donut shows up um, and Tony kind of walks out, that the director said, honestly, this was an homage, this was a tribute to Spielberg. Ah, uh, nice. Just kind of the like the way they reveal it, and the way that there's people running, and in in, yeah, in people's eyes, basically. Yeah, it was. It's the Spielberg awe. They they also did make a joke. They're like, people keep asking us, how did we get Tom Holland's hair on his arm to do that? People keep just assumed that it was CGI, and he's like, no, actually, it was in fact uh, one of the directors uh, blowing in his ear, and of course they laughed because that's funny. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's gross, right? <laughs> you know. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, I know, especially since the kids. He's 20, 20 years old. Um, <laughs> and the original death scene was for him. Uh, spoiler, shit. Um, for Spider Man was significantly shorter. Um, he, he was very similar. And then I think it was, if I remember right, someone had the idea of let's let's make this one longer, just to kind of pain the audience a little bit more. Yeah, right. Because of the relationship. You know, he's kind of the father figure of this kid. And, oh, and kill Mr. Stark. Yeah, well, it certainly worked. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everyone I knew, yeah, we, we were all freaking crying because of that stupid thing. Again, um, I, I must have no soul because I, I it did not bother me. You, you, you <laughs> laughed out loud, didn't you? You're like, ah, suck it, Spider-Man. Sucker. I I didn't leave smiling. I was the only person to walk out of the theater with a smile on my face. Why did you leave a smiling face? Well, you knew it was coming, though, didn't you? Yeah, I absolutely knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you had explained this a long time ago, that this was what would happen. And I guess I just never believed that they would go that far. And that's awesome. Well, Infinity War is nasty. I mean, the uh, the death of Spider-Man in Infinity War is actually super gruesome. One of his... Uh, one of his... Uh, uh, Tentacles. 
<laughs> he's beaten to death. Uh, rock, basically, Spider-Man is just beaten into literal, literal death with a rock by one of the uh, the the four people. One of the children of children of Thanos. Ch- yeah, children of Thanos. They're called the Black Order. The rock. By the way, I yeah. Did you learned, me? I learned that in the commentary. They're called the Black Order, so. or the Dark Order. I've been waiting for you to say Black Order all show, so I could say, "Would you call me?" No, nah, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Um, all right, that's it. Out of 10, we're going to do that uh, for Iron Man. Not Zero. Sure. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> right, that is your... Your... Oh, shoot. I don't, I, I'm all screwed up here. Damn it. Okay, hold on. What's the atomic number of iron? Let's see here. Um, I don't know. Nine. <laughs> really? I have no idea. I was going to say. I know what it, the symbol is. F-E. Yep. For Felix. Felix, fix it, Felix Jr. Or my nephew. Yeah. My, of course, my dad's like, you should name the other kid Oscar. I don't think they got it. Um, Felix the cat, Oscar the grouch. No, Oscar and Felix are the, 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 the couple from the odd couple. The odd couple. Uh. Andrew, out of 10, sir. Uh, 8.6 out of 10. We'll go with that. Corny. Uh, I'm going to give it a 26 uh, <laughs> atomic number, and I refuse to do anything different. Oh, is it, 20, is it really 26? Yes, it is. I, I'm, awesome. not, I'm not going to put a 26, because we use we when we say the phrase out of 10, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, we're going to stick pretty, mean, pretty loose, or pretty hard to those rules. You mean my vote's out of iron, not out of 10. Oh. Uh, I've missed those jokes. It's been a while. No, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I will give it a solid nine. Solid nine. Okay, Sam. Sam Wise. Give me uh, eight point nine um, whiskey and a missile out of ten. Whiskey and a missile. <laughs> what is that a thing? <laughs> well, they have the little uh, look at me party when at the very beginning of the movie, where uh, he's showing off the new. Killer warhead thing. Yeah. Yeah, he opens a case. He opens a case, and then the drink comes out, and he's like, we, we, we throw one of these in with every cell of 500 million to peace. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this a 9.9. Wow, dude. I love yeah. this movie. It can't get any better for me. It just, I mean, it could. I can't. It can, and it does. I can't give it a 9.9. I'm going to give it a 9.89. What did you get, Avengers? <sighs> Uh, did I give Avengers a 10? I gave the first one a 10. I think I might have given a 10. And I would give Infinity yeah. War a 10. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, it's not on, this, it doesn't go back that far. The scoring. <laughs> How's it, the kitty? It'd be on the website, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, that's sad. Makes me sad. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Did Sam snap his finger and half our website disappear? Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> The whole thing disappeared. It's all gone. Uh, oh, yeah, like Facebook and the website, so you snap your finger and Facebook remains. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and Twitter somehow. Uh, cool. That was it. That was our show. I know it's a little weird, a little yeah. different, not not our normal stuff, but I think next week we're going to get back into a habit or an, in, in a, in a ritual. of. We'll of, get of back into our, our routine. Back into the swing of things. Um, I need to comb back through the list of movies to make sure things are streaming. 
I do know for 100% a fact that next week's movie, Buckaroo Banzai, is streaming. It's an 80s action kind of a thing. Uh, I've only ever heard of it through the book. Um, and through the great bond. Ready, Ready Player One, and it intrigued me, and I want to know what it is. So we're going to watch Buckaroo Banzai next week. Um, so there you go. That's, that's that is. If you want us to do something else... Yeah. Then email Don't forget us. Halloween's coming up, people. We uh, we're going to be quickly into Halloween. Yeah, we are. It's going to be all up in that business. So just want to pay attention because Netflix does weird things. Yeah, we'll have to do our best. Um, maybe Amazon will be better about pulling stuff before Amazon. But uh, yeah, help us out with your uh, your picks for for Halloween. Um, uh, Halloween. I, I still nothing has beaten the Frighteners for me for Halloween as, no, as, a, as no, a, yeah. the best uh, as a movie that was been that we've discovered through the podcast um, just yep. for the Halloween bit. Um, Hot Fuzz I still hold high regard as one of my favorites that we ever did for the podcast. Well, I, for me, I maybe Tucker versus I mean uh, Dale and Tucker, Dale, Tucker and Dale. That, that, Tucker Dale versus Evil. Yeah, yeah, that might be pretty high up there too, right next to Frighteners for Halloween. You're not wrong. Uh, cool. That's it. That's our show. Go fundme.com slash cheap review. Still a thing. Still donate some money. If you want to help us out, uh, that'd be great. Leave us a review on iTunes. We really need that more people that review that leave reviews on iTunes. That's a better way for other people to find the show and listen to it. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, and you can communicate to us through facebook.com slash cheap reviews is a good way to do that. And of course, at cheap seat our Twitter account, uh, if you send me messages or whatever, I will respond to them, and I have before. If you have movie requests, um, I will do that. I know we've had people request things in the past that are on the list. They're just not streaming. Yeah, um, that's our big problem lately. Um, so The streaming part is the hard part. Yeah. I no longer want to see porn pop-ups on my computer. Yeah, that's a That'd weird. Be nice. And if you don't know what that is, then I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so on behalf of Corny, Andrew, and Sam... Um, This is Sean saying thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.